Hey guys, this is the 14th episode of the Percy Jackson Podcast. So, um, they are bound to go to the, uh, labyrinth again, because last I saw, just wait a second, oh, last I saw Rachel, and Rachel took Percy and Amber down to some basement of uh, Marriott, the basement of Marriott, and, well, she knew there was a mark of Daedalus down there, so she knows she is a mortal who can see through the mist. Anyways, let's begin. The metal door was half hidden behind a laundry bin full of dirty hotel towels. I didn't see anything strange about it, but Rachel showed me where to look, and I recognized the faint blue symbol etched in the in etched in the metal. It hasn't been used in a long time, Annabeth said. I tried to open it once. Rachel said, just out of curiosity, it's a rusted shirt. No, Annabeth stepped forward. It just needs a touch of hardware. Sure enough, as soon as Annabeth put her hand on the mark, it glowed blue. The metal door unsealed and creaked open, revealing a dark staircase leading down. Wow. Rachel looked calm, but I couldn't tell if she was pretending or not. She changed into her tatty Museum of Modern t-shirt and her... Regular marker curl jeans, her blue plastic hair brush sticking out of her pocket. Her red hair was tied black but still had the flecks of gold in it and traces of gold glittered on her face. So after you, you're the guide, Annabeth said with mock politeness. Lead on. The staircase led down to a large brick tunnel. It was so dark I couldn't see further than the meter in front of us. But Annabeth and I had reached out on flashlights, and as soon as we switched them on, Rachel yelped. A skeleton was grinning at us. It wasn't human. It was huge for one thing, at least two and a half meters tall. It had been strung up, chained by its wrists and ankles, so it made a kind of giant X over the tunnel. It would really send a shiver down my spine with a single black eye socket at the center of the skull. A cyclops, Annabeth said. It's very old. It's not someone we know. Wasn't Tyson, she meant, but that didn't make me feel much better. I felt like it would have been put in a warning. Whatever could kill a grown cyclops, I didn't want me. Rachel swallowed. You have a friend who's a cyclops? Tyson, I said, my half brother. You're a half brother? Hopefully, we'll find him down here, I said in Grover. He's a satyr. Oh, her voice was small. Well then, We'd better keep moving. She stepped into her skeleton's left arm and kept walking. Annabeth and I exchanged looks. Annabeth shrugged. She followed Rachel deeper into the maze. After 15 meters, we came to a crossroads. Ahead, the brick tunnel continued. To the left, uh, the walls were made of ancient marble slabs. To the left, the tunnel was earth and tree roots. I pointed left. That looks like the tunnel Tyson and Grover took. Annabeth frowned. Yeah, but the architecture to the right... Those old stones, that's more likely to lead us to an ancient part of the maze, towards Daedalus' workshop. We need to go straight, Rachel said. Annabeth and I both looked at her. That's the least likely choice, Annabeth said. You don't see it? Rachel asked. Look at the floor. I saw nothing except well-worn bricks and mud. 
There's a brightness there, Rachel insisted, very faint, but forward is the correct way. To the left, further down the tunnel, the street routes are moving like feelers. I don't like that. To the right, there's a trap about seven meters down. Holes in the walls maybe for spikes. I don't think we should risk it. I didn't see anything like that, Rachel was describing, but I nodded. Okay, forward. You believe her? Annabeth asked. Yeah, don't you? Annabeth looked like she wanted to argue, but she waved at Rachel to lead on. Together, we kept walking down the brick corridor. It twisted and turned, but there were no more side tunnels. It seemed to be angling down, heading deeper underground. No traps? I asked anxiously. Nothing. Rachel knitted her eyebrows. Should it be this easy? I don't know. It never was before. So, Rachel, Hannah said, where are you from, exactly? She said it like, what planet are you from? But Rachel didn't look offended. Brooklyn, she said. Aren't your parents going to be worried if you're out late? Rachel exhaled. Well, not likely. I could be gone a week and they'd never notice. Why not? This time, Annabeth didn't sound as sarcastic. Having trouble with parents was something she understood. Before Rachel could answer, there was a creaking noise in front of us, like huge doors opening. What was that? Annabeth said. I don't know, metal hinges. Oh, that's very helpful. I mean, what is it? Then I heard heavy footsteps shaking the corridor, coming towards us. Run, I asked. Run, Rachel agreed. We turned and fled the way we'd come, but we hadn't made six meters before we ran straight into some old friends. Two drachnae, snake women in Greek armor, leveled their javelins at our chest. Standing between them was Kelly, our Empisa cheerleader. Well, well, Kelly said. I uncapped ripped and Annabeth pulled her knife, but before my sword was even out of my pen form, Kelly pounced on Rachel. Her hand turned into a claw and she spun Rachel around, holding her tight and with her talons at Rachel's neck. Taking a little model, pet friend for a walk, Kelly asked me. This is such fragile things, so easy to break. Behind us, the footsteps came closer. A huge form appeared out of the gloom, a three meter tall, Lastiganian giant with red eyes and fangs. The giant licked his lips when he saw us. Can I eat them? No, Kelly said. Your master will want these. They will provide a great deal of entertainment. She smiled at me. Now march, half-bloods, or you will die here, starting with a mortal girl. It was pretty much my worst nightmare, and believe me, I've had plenty of nightmares. We were marched down the tunnel, flanked by Drasnay with Kelly and the giant at the back, just in case we tried to run for it. Nobody seemed to worry about us running forward. That was the direction they wanted us to go. Up ahead, I could see the bronze doors. They were about three and a half meters tall and blazoned with a pair of crossed swords. From behind them came a muffled roar like a crowd. Oh, yes, said the snake woman on my left. You'll be very popular with our host. I'd never got to look at a dress and I up close before, and I wasn't thrilled to have the opportunity. She would have had a beautiful face, except her tongue was forked and her eyes were yellow with black slits for pupils. She wore bronze armor that stopped her waist. Below that, where her legs should have been, were two massive snake trunks mottled with bronze and green. 
She moved by a combination of slithering and walking, as if she were on living skis. Who's your host? I asked. She hissed, which might have been a laugh. Oh, you'll see. You'll get along famously. He's your brother, after all. My what? Immediately to Tyson, but that was impossible. What was she talking about? A giant pushed past us and opened the doors. He picked up Annabeth by his shirt and said, You stay here. Hey, she protested, but the guy was twice her size and he'd already confiscated a knife and my sword. Kelly laughed. She still had her closet Rachel's neck. Go on, Percy, entertain us. We'll wait here with your friends to make sure you behave. I looked at Rachel. I'm sorry, I'll get you out of this. She nodded as much as she could with the demon at her throat. That would be nice. The dress in the pot prodded me towards the doorway of the javelin point, and I walked out onto the floor of an arena. I guess it wasn't the largest arena I'd ever been in, but it seemed pretty spacious considering the whole space was underground. The door floor was circular, just big enough that you could drive a car around the rim if you pulled it really tight. In the center of the arena, a fight was going on between a giant and a centaur. The central looked panicked. He was galloping around his enemy using the sworn shield while the giant swung a javelin the size of a telephone pole and the crowd cheered. The first tier of seats were four meters above the arena floor. Plain stone benches wrapped around all the way and every seat was full. There were giants, rasnate demigods, tahikins and stranger things. Ooh, cool. Bamfing's demons and creatures that seemed half human and half you name it, bird, reptile, insect, mammal. Huh. The creepiest things were the skulls. The arena was full of them. They ring at the edge of the railing. Meter-high piles of them decorated the steps between the benches. They grinned from pikes at the back of the stands and hung on chains from the ceiling like horrible chandeliers. Some of them looked very old, nothing but bleached white bone. Others looked a lot fresher. I'm not going to describe them. Believe me, you don't want me to. In the middle of all these, proudly displayed on the side of the spectator's wall, was something that made no sense to me. A green banner with a trident beside it in the center. What was that doing in a horrible place like this? Above the banner sitting in a seat of honor was an old enemy. Look, I said. Not sure if he could hear me over the roar of the crowd, but he smiled coldly. He was wearing camouflage combat trousers, a white t-shirt and a bronze breastplate just like I'd seen in my dream. But he still wasn't wearing his sword, which I thought was strange. Next to him sat the largest giant I'd ever seen, much larger than the one on the floor fighting the centaur. The giant next to Luke must have been five meters tall, easy to easy and so wide he took up three seats. He wore only a loincloth and like a sumo wrestler. His skin was dark red and tattooed with Blue wave designs. I figured it must be Luke's the bodyguard or something. There was a cry from the arena floor and I jumped back as the center crashed to the ground beside me. He met my eyes pleadingly. Help! I reached for my sword, but it had been taken from me and it happened and it hadn't reappeared in my pocket yet. The center struggled to get up as a giant approached, his javelin ready. A taloned hand gripped my shoulder. If you value your friends' lives, my drachnic guard said, you won't interfere. This isn't your fight. Wait your turn. 
The centaur couldn't get up. One of his legs was broken. The giant put his huge foot on the horseman's chest and raised the javelin. He looked up at Luke. The crowd cheered. Death! Death! Luke didn't do anything, but the tattooed sumo dude sitting next to him rose. He smiled down at the centaur who was whimpering. Please, no! Then the sumo dude held out his hand and gave the thumbs down sign. I closed my eyes as the gladiator giant thrust his javelin. When I looked again, the centaur was gone, disintegrated to ashes. All that was left was a single hoof, which the giant took up as a trophy and showed to the crowd. He roared their approval. A gate opened at the opposite end of the stadium, and the giant marched out in triumph. In the stands, the sumo dude raised his hands for silence. Good entertainment. But nothing I haven't seen before. What else do you have, Luke, son of Hermes? Luke's jaw tightened. I could tell he didn't like being called son of Hermes. He hated his father. But he rose calmly to his feet. His eyes glittered. In fact, he seemed to be in a pretty good mood. Ladantia, Luke said, loud enough for the crowd to hear. You have been an excellent host. We would be happy to amuse you to repay the favor of passing through your territory. A favor I have not yet granted, Antius growled. I want entertainment. Luke bowed. I believe I have something better than centers to fight in your arena now. I have a brother of yours. He pointed at me. Percy Jackson, the son of Poseidon. The crowd began jeering at me and throwing stones, most of which I dodged, but one caught me in the cheek and made a good-sized cut. Antius's eyes lit up. Son of Poseidon? Then he should fight well or die well. If his death pleases you, Luke said, will you let our armies cross your territory? Perhaps, Antius said. Luke didn't look. Luke didn't look. Oh, Luke didn't look. <laughs> to please about the perhaps. He glared down at me as if warning me that I better die in a really spectacular way or I'd be in big trouble. Luke! Annabeth yelled, stop this! Let us go! Luke seemed to notice her for the first time. He looked stunned for a moment. Annabeth? Enough time for the females to fight afterwards, and he is interrupted. First, Percy Jackson, what weapons will you choose? Jackson pushed me to the middle of the arena. I stared up at Antius. How can you be a son of Poseidon? Antius laughed, and the rest of the crowd laughed too. I am his favorite son, Antius boomed. Behold... My temple to the earth shaker, built from the skulls of all those I've killed in his name. Your skull shall join them. I stared in horror all these, all the skulls, hundreds of them and the banner of Poseidon. How could this be a temple for my dad? My dad was a nice guy. He never asked me for a Father's Day card, much less somebody's skull. Percy, I will yell at me. His mother is Gaia. His, her last in captured clamped his hand over her. Her mouth, his mother is Kale, the earth goddess. Annabeth was trying to tell me that it was important, but I didn't know why. Maybe just because a guy had two godly parents, that would make him much even harder to kill. You're crazy, Antius. If you think this is a good tribute, you know nothing about Poseidon. The crowd screamed insults at me, but Antius raised his hand for silence. 
Weapons? He insisted. And then we will see how you will die. Will you have axes, shields, nets, flamethrowers? Just my sword, I said. Laughter erupted from the monsters, but immediately Riptide appeared in my hands. Some of the voices in the crowd turned nervous. The bronze blade glowed with faint light. Round one, Antius announced. The gates opened and a Drasine slithered out. She had a trident in one hand and, the, and a weighed net in the, in the other. Classic gladiator style. I trained against those weapons at camp for years. She jabbed at me experimentally a step away. She threw her net, hoping to tangle my sword hand, but I sidestepped easily, sliced her spear in half, and stabbed Riptrice with a chink in her armor. With this painful wail, she vaporized it to nothing, and the cheering of the crowd died. No, Antias bellowed too fast. You must wait for the kill. Only I give that order. I glanced over Annabeth and Rachel. I had to find a way to get them free, maybe distract the gods. Nice job, Percy, Luke smiled. You got better with the sword, I'll grant you that. Round two, Antius yelled, and slower this time, more entertainment. Wait for my call before killing anybody, or else... The gates opened again, and this time a young warrior came out. He was a little older than me, about sixteen. He had glossy black hair, and his left eye was covered with an eye patch. He was thin and wiry, so his Greek armor hung on him loosely. He stabbed his sword to the ground, adjusted his shield straps, and pulled on his horseshoe helmet. Who are you? I asked. Ethan Nakamura, he said. I have to kill you. Why are you doing this? Hey! A monster jeered from the stand. Stop talking and fight already. The others took up the call. <clears throat> I have to prove myself, Ethan told me. Only way to join up. And with that, he charged. A swords met in midair and the crowd roared. It didn't seem right. I didn't want to fight a certain but a bunch of monsters, but Ethan Nakamura wasn't giving him a choice. He pressed forward. He was good. He'd never been at Camp Havla as far as I knew, but he'd been trained. He parried my strike and almost slammed me with his shield, but I jumped back. I tried to keep to Ethan's blind side, but it didn't help much. He'd apparently been fighting with only one eye for a long time because he was excellent at guarding his left. Blood! The monsters cried. My opponent glanced up at the stance. That was his weakness. I realized he needed to impress them. I didn't. He yelled an angry battle cry and charged me, but I parried his blade and backed away, letting him come after me. Boo! Antia said, stand and fight. Ethan pressed me, but I had no trouble defending even without a shield. He was dressed for defense, heavy armor and shield, which made it very tiring to play offense. I was a softer target, but I was also lighter and faster. The crowds went nuts, yelling complaints and throwing rocks. Finally... Ethan made his, his mistake. He tried to jab at my stomach and I locked his sword hilt in mine and twisted. His sword dropped in the dirt. Before he could recover, I slammed the butt of my sword into his helmet and pushed him down. His heavy armor helped me more than him. He fell on his back, dazed and tired. I put the tip of my sword on his chest. Get it over with, Ethan groaned. I looked up at Antias. His red face was stony with displeasure, but I held up his hand and put it thumbs down. Forget it, I sheathed my sword. Don't be a fool, Ethan groaned. They'll just kill us both. I offered him my hand. Reluctantly, he took it. I helped him out. No one dishonors the games. Your heads shall both be tributes to Poseidon, Antius bellowed.
I looked at Ethan. When you see your chance, run. Then I turned back to Antaeus. Why don't you find me yourself? If you've got Dad's favor, come down here and prove it. The monsters grumbled in the stands. Antaeus looked around, apparently realized he had no choice. He couldn't say no without looking like a coward. I am the greatest wrestler in the world, boy, he warned. I have been wrestling since the first... What? First? Pan... Pancratian... Pancratian, I guess. Pancratian, I asked. He means fighting to the death, Ethan said. No rules, no holes barred. It used to be an Olympic sport. Thanks for the tip, I said. Don't mention it. Rachel was watching me with wide eyes. Annabeth shook her head emphatically, but, rest, but the last Ghanaian's hand still clamped over her mouth. I pointed my sword at Antaeus. Winner takes all. I win. We all go free. You win. We die. Swear upon the river sticks. Antaeus laughed. This shouldn't take long. I swear it to your terms. He leapt off the railing into the arena. Good luck. You'll need it, Ethan told me, and then he backed up quickly. Antius cracked his knuckles. He grinned and I saw that even his teeth were etched in wave patterns, which must have been brushing and from me as a real pain. Weapons? He asked. I'll stick with my sword. You? He held up his huge hand and wiggled his fingers. I don't need anything else. Master Luke, you were referee this one? Luke smiled down at me with pleasure. Antius lunged. I rolled on his legs and stabbed him at the back of his thigh. But where there was... Blood should have been come out. There was a spout of stan, like had busted the side of an hourglass. He sp- it spilled to the ground, and the earth rose up to collect around his leg, almost like a cast. When I fell away, the wound was gone. He charged again. Fortunately, I had some experience fighting giants. I dodged sideways this time and s- stabbed him under the arm. Riptide's blade was buried to the hilt in his ribs. That was the good news. The bad news was that it was wrenched out of my hand and with the giant turn, I was thrown across the arena, weaponless. Antius bellowed in pain. I waited for him to disintegrate. No monster had ever withstood a dire hit like that from my sword. The celestial bronze blade had to be destroying his essence, but Antius groped for the hilt, pulled out his sword and tossed it behind him. Dirt coated his body all the way to his shoulder. As soon as the dirt spilled away, Antius was fine. Now you see why you never lose, demigod? Antius gloated, come here and let me crush you. I'll make it quick. Antius stood between me and my sword desperately. I glanced to the other side and I caught Annabeth's eye. Dear, I thought, what had Annabeth been trying to tell me? Antius' mother was Gaia, the Earth Mother, the most ancient goddess of all. Antius's father might have been Poseidon, but Gaia was helping him, keeping him alive. I couldn't hurt him as long as he was touching the ground. I tried to score around him, but Antius anticipated my move. He blocked my path, chuckling. He was just toying with me now. He had me cornered. I looked up at the chains hanging from the ceiling, dangling the skulls of the enemies and hooks. Suddenly, I had an idea. I fainted to the other side. Antius blocked me. The crowd jeered and screamed and he had finished me off, but he was having too much fun. Puny boy, not a worthy son of the sea god. I felt my pen return to my pocket, but Antaeus wouldn't know about that. He would think Riptide was still in the door behind him. He would think my goal was to get my sword. It wasn't much of an advantage, but it was all that I had. 
I charged straight ahead, crouching low so that he would think I was going to roll between his legs again. While he was stooping, ready to catch me like a grounder, I jumped for all it was worth, kicking off his forearm, scrambling up his shoulder like it was a ladder, placing my shoe on his head. He did a natural thing. He straightened up indignantly and yelled, Hey! I pushed off, using his force to catapult me towards the ceiling. I caught the top of a chain and the skulls and the hooks jangled beneath me. I wrapped my legs around the chain just like I used to do at the ropes course in gym class. I drew riptide and thief and thought the chain next to me. Come down here, you coward! Antius bellowed. He tried to grab me, but I was just out of reach. Hanging on for dear life, I yelled, Come up and get me! Or are you too slow for the fat? He yelled and yeah, he howled and yet made another grab for me. He got a chain and tried to pull himself up. While he was struggling, I lowered my thorn off chain, hook first. It took two tries, but I finally snagged Antius' loincloth. What? He yelled. Quickly, I slipped the free chains to the fastening link of my own chain and pulled it taut and secured it the best as I could. Antius tried to slip back to the ground, but his butt stayed suspended by his loincloth. <laughs> I mean, just try to visualize it. It's too funny. He had to hold on to like other chains with both hands to avoid getting flipped upside down. I prayed the loincloth and the chain would hold up for a few more seconds while Antius Cursed and played, I scrambled around the chain, swinging and cutting like I was some kind of a crazed monkey. I made loops with hooks and metal flings. I didn't know how I did it. My mom always said I had a gift of getting stuff tangled up. Plus, I was desperate to save my friends. Anyway, within a couple of minutes, Chan was suspended over the ground, hopelessly snarling chains and hooks. I dropped to the floor, panting and sweaty. My hands were raw from climbing. Get me down! Antius demanded, free him? Luke ordered, he is our host. I uncapped Riptide. I'll free him. And then I stabbed the giant in the stomach. He bellowed. And sand poured out. But he was way too far up to touch the earth. And the dirt did not rise to help him. Antius just dissolved, pouring out bit by bit. Until there was nothing left but empty swinging chains, a really big loincloth and a hook and a bunch of grinning skulls dancing above me like they finally had something to smile about. Jackson, Luke yelled, I should have killed you long ago. You tried, I reminded him. Let us go, Luke. We had a sworn agreement with Antias. I am the winner. He did just what I expected. He said, Antias is dead. His oath dies with him, but since I'm feeling merciful today, I'll have you killed quickly. He pointed at Annabeth. Spare the girl. His voice quavered just a little. I would speak to her before before a great triumph. Every monster in the audience drew a weapon or extended its claws. We were trapped. Hopelessly outnumbered. Jeez, I mean, Luke, seriously. I mean, he's a pain in the ass. Then I felt something in my pocket, a freezing sensation, getting colder and colder. The dog whistle. My fingers closed around it. For days I avoided using Quintess's gift. It had to be a trap, but now I had no choice. I took it out of my pocket and blew. It made no audible sound as it shattered into shards of ice melting in my hand. Luke laughed. What was that supposed to do? From behind me? came a surprised yelp. 
A Lastagonian giant had been guarding Annabeth who passed me and smashed into the wall. Oof! Calidium Puzza screamed as a 200-kilogram black mastiff picked her up like a chew toy and tossed her through the air, straight into Luke's lap. Mrs. O'Leary snarled and the two Dracine gods backed away for a surprise moment. The monsters in the audience were cut completely by surprise. Let's go, I yelled at my friends. Heal, Mrs. O'Leary. The far exit? Rachel cried, that's the right way. Ethan Nakamura took his cue. Together we raced across the arena and out, out the far exit. Mrs. O'Leary right behind us. As we ran, I could hear the disorganized sounds of an entire army trying to jump out of the stands and follow us. That was way too cool, that first chapter. That was way too cool. Okay, that's the end. We'll meet again next Sunday. So stay tuned only on the Percy Jackson Podcast.